Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Oh, it's fun. Crazy. It's painful, but it's wonderful. What is the name? It's Roycey Unchained. Time for another episode of Unchained with Patrick Roycey. Patrick, uh, what's on your mind this Monday? Well, the Minnesota Twins, as frustrating as they are, are now 40 and 22 on the road. <laughs> that is a pretty amazing uh, road record. And uh, they go down to Texas and beat them four straight. Texas certainly helped. But then again, the Twins helped Texas, too, in the field. So uh, it was a battle. But you go down to Texas, you sweep four, and none of your starters go six. Yeah. Right? None of them made it six. I don't think they did. I think no. you're right. And Barrios was on Saturday awful. Oh, it was terrible. I don't know what's wrong I, there, but I something's bet. off. I okay. Last game, I thought his stuff wasn't bad, yep. and he just you know they didn't make a play for him, and he was he was mediocre. You know, of course, the time before that he was horrendous. But when they go out and get you six right off the bat, and four pitches later it's six to two, and you're huffing and puffing. Uh, and then they go get you two more, and that's what's used to discourage the other team, right? Okay, now it's eight to two. Out of hell with it. Mm-hmm. In Texas, it looked like they were easily discouraged. He put them right back in the game. It was a miracle that you know that they were not behind by the time he got out of there. Duffy came in and saved him, but uh, it's uh, I, I don't know. Every pitch, middle of the plate, hit me. And uh, you know, Rocco did uh, tell us that it wasn't his absolute best. We appreciate Rocco, yes, Rocco for telling us that. Truthfully, I'm, he could have pitched better. No bleep, Rocco. <laughs> no, he said he wasn't. Truthfully, it wasn't his absolute oh. best. Yeah, no, that was no. He's, he's, no, he's a beaut, man. He wouldn't have made it four innings in the at Delano when we saw it with uh, the state tournament game on Saturday out there. But uh, I don't know. Wow, that's something's a, wrong. That's as though. bad as I've ever seen him. But these last three look, starts and two of the three, he's yeah, been and he, something's off. He doesn't look like he's uh, mentally into it. I hate to read body language and all that stuff, but it just looks like he's, I you know, Lavelle is convinced that he everything got screwed up when they hooked him in Miami. <laughs> told me that and maybe because uh, it messed up the bullpen, it messed up Rogers, it messed up everybody. But uh, I, I don't know. It, it was brutal. But, you know, I I hacked him up pretty good on Twitter and uh, got people were outraged because I said that, uh, you know, he'd embarrassed the twins. He'd embarrassed himself. He'd embarrassed. <laughs> I saw that. He's embarrassed the state of Minnesota <laughs> and, and he embarrassed the people of Puerto Rico. And, you know, people took ah, that somehow that was a 
racist, racially offensive, but I, I don't know. It was brutal. He, uh, he just sometimes, I don't know, he was too cute with the, you know, went in trouble, try to throw your fastball on the corners, right, instead of just trying to yeah. get that. He, every time he threw the breaking pitch, it was a foot inside, and he, he just, I don't know, that's, that, that had to rattle him, though. Because uh, you know, Gibby's been terrible. The fact that they're they've gained three games on Cleveland in a week with no starting pitching is uh, pretty phenomenal. Right now, Pineda's their best starting pitcher, and he didn't pitch for ten days. They had and that's why he's their best starting pitcher. I now. thought for sure they were going to put Barrios on uh, on the on the DL for ten days and freshen him up, but they didn't do it. So I'm surprised they don't. But I guess their feeling is if they do that, who starts? Bring back Slotball Smeltzer. That uh, you know, I don't, I don't know who starts, but uh, uh, I, I think that they must think that it's not fatigue, that it's something else. That something, it sure looks something like going fatigue. on in his head. Some of it yeah. looks like fatigue. Uh, now his velocity wasn't that bad, though, was it? It wasn't like he, you know, he only throws ninety four. Yeah, not like it's not. Like, well, his velocity, the Cleveland start at Target Field, where he got off to a bad start and adjusted mm-hmm. and got better. The velocity was definitely down. Yes, in that one, and the previous start before that was brutal. But if nothing else, he just looks like he needs a mental break from the whole thing. Yeah, I don't know. I think he was, uh, you know, I, I do think he's when thing he's a, he's a when things are going good guy. You know, when things are going good, he's good. But I, I think he has a hard time adjusting to the to snapping out of the downturn. You know, Verlander can pitch you, John Lester. <laughs> Look at John Lester. Yes. Four times a year, he goes two and a third and gives up nine runs, right? Mm-hmm. And then he comes back and pitches good for six games. I, I don't think uh, Barrios has that trait. I, I don't see that in him, that he snaps back from this stuff. So we'll see. Uh, but uh, the bullpen was, you know, they're – you know what? I like I like Latell a little bit as a reliever because he throws hard, you know, and he just comes in and doesn't have to mess around with stuff. I've liked Duffy all year since he got back, his combination of stuff. Uh, you know, I I think the bullpen is not the disaster people think it is. The starting rotations are a disaster now, and we'll see if they can overcome that. Dyson still scares me at times. Yeah, I uh, what did he give us up a home? I didn't see much of that. I was in the car, but uh, did he? Uh, he he gives, gives up a home run and then uh, and he a couple of base runners yeah, after gave, that. Yeah, so. yeah, he no. was not great. Well, in the anyway. Texas heat, I'll say one thing though. Even though he can't catch a ball and throw at the first base, Jorge Polanco showed the racy example of leadership yesterday. The bases loaded double, except it was a triple. Yeah. But that's that's leadership right there. That's, leadership. That's the guy who takes control in the clubhouse? <laughs> yes, right. Yes, it's a it's a hundred mile an hour fastball in the gap. That's uh that's leadership right there. So yeah, it's I mean who it, there's things to complain about, things, you know, the way they played in the field, the uh and and the starting pitching, but they have a what? Five and one road trip, and they're yep. you know they're seventy and forty two. It could have been six and zero. Oh, very easily. seventy. What are they? They're is it seventy? No, they got more. They the got fewer now. games than that. I know they're forty and twenty two on the road. So uh, 
It's it's hard to complain. That's that's for sure. They got uh, they're seventy six and something. They are seventy six and forty eight. Forty seven. Yeah, I mean it's a little hard to whine about for seventy six and forty eight when no. If, we can if somebody now. would if somebody would have come to you. Yep. If somebody would have come to me, I'm not saying you came to me on March twenty fifth and said the Twins will be either seventy six and forty eight or forty eight and seventy six. Which do you predict? I'd say forty eight and seventy six. So. <laughs> I'm uh, surprised. Okay, I got a hot take for you. Though. All right, the way Polanco is playing shortstop, and I, I, you got to realize that the former, the former management was never convinced he was going to be a shortstop, and it was what about five years ago they were talking about putting him in the outfield, mm-hmm. five six years ago, and then they they basically called him up to play shortstop at the end of that one year because they didn't have anybody else, and they were you know terrible anyway, and. Uh, and then they were going to move him over to second, and they never could find another shortstop. My prediction, not next year, but Eddie is the guy who's not going to get paid. Rosario is the guy who's not going to get paid Ooh. because they're not all going to get paid. Right. Right? Right. And Eddie is – they're going to pay Buxton and Snow before they pay Eddie, I predict. Really? And Polanco will end up being an outfielder. And Royce, two years from now – Two years from now, Royce Lewis will be playing shortstop and Polanco will be an outfielder. Or he'll be Marwin Gonzalez. He'll be, you know. Danny Santana, to, basically, now in Texas. Trying, trying to play. Who hopefully so will catch, keep, who hopefully keep catch the first. Ball. Who keep him off first base, right? Let's not put him at first base. Oh, God. But uh, that's, yeah. uh, that's I think Eddie's the guy not going to get paid. Eddie hasn't had a good year. Eddie's going to drive in 100 runs and he hasn't had a good year. He's He's a better hitter than he's been this year. Yeah, that's probably, I th- yeah, I think that's probably true. Absolutely. I don't know. He is the, the number of big hits he's gotten since he hit that game winner that we all called the biggest hit of the year. Oh, was that Oakland? Uh, yes. Uh, he's, you know, I I still love him, but uh, I I think he's the guy not going to get paid. I think it's safe to say he's very inconsistent, too. You never know which one you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. I heard Smalley yesterday saying, as much as we'd all like, especially me, to see him swing at more strikes. He hit that sacrifice fly on a pitch of eight inches off the plate last night, yesterday to drive in a run. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're not going to, you know, the cheap poleheads are not going to be able to pay all these guys, right? Do you think Buxton gets paid for sure at this rate? No, I don't. But I think he's got a better chance to get paid than Eddie. Okay. Even though Eddie plays, and he does. I I just think it's just a vibe I have, okay? You know, right. that I, I think he's a guy that doesn't get paid, and Polanco, who's signed for, what, four years? Mm-hmm. Yep. Or five. One of them signed for five. There might be an option there. Yeah. I bet he ends up in the outfield. Or Marwin. How about Marwin? Uh, that, but what you know happened? what? This is what A.J. Hinge said. When when Marwin got it's off to hot. a bad start, he he said he will get hot and carry you for two weeks. He said that's Marwin. Mm-hmm. He'll be okay at the plate. And then he'll go on a two or three week stretch where he is unstoppable. I got in trouble on Twitter with Marwin, my Marwin take too, because I back Sean Kelly. Because I, yeah, I disagree. With I don't like these idiots taking their bat down to first Sean base. Sean Kelly's a knucklehead, though. I know he's a knucklehead, but get rid of the bat. Don't carry your bat halfway down the line and go. Oh, he got me out. Oh. 
Oh, like you're playing in Williams. What was that again? Oh, oh no, I popped up. I'm so good that I popped up. You know, get rid of your bat, run to first base, and go to the dugout and shut up. Uh, How about they both shut up that? Well, Sean yes. Kelly, Sean yeah, now, Kelly, every, now apparently they're saying that they were both yelling and that it wasn't, yeah, which also it wasn't annoying. the bat being carried. But I think, I think when a pitcher sees a guy carrying the bat with him, it immediately irritates him. You know, sure. It immediately puts him in a bad mood. And we got some vaunted bat carriers on this team. You know who hates the bat carrying? Gladdy. Oh, that's, yeah. Gladdy. Uh, I thought you were going to say TK. No. Well. TK strikes no. me as an anti. Uh, well, TK would get rid of it. He'd make you stop doing it. Yeah. Well, Gladdy told me that he and Molitor had a discussion. He said to Molitor last year, why are you letting them do this? And Molitor says, you know, they want to, you know, and it's not. To him, it wasn't that big a deal. But uh, I, I think it's, you know, it, it's. It sets off a pitcher and increases your chances of getting hit in the head someday. What's the purpose of it, too? It doesn't. There's no purpose except to look frustrated or like the cool, coolest guy around or something like that. It's a, I mean, it's you a, could slam it if you're upset. Mm-hmm. Just slam it and run. By the way, Jonathan, Judd and I were in Delano Saturday to see the uh, Cologne Hollanders. Take on the Hadley Buddy Buttermakers in a well played Class C game. <laughs> it was the best baseball and game I've seen all best, summer. Best fielding we've seen oh. in weeks from the head from the uh, Cologne team. No shifts, no shifts. They play where you're supposed to play. Wow! They stand there and let you hit the ball to them. What was game time on it? What was run time on it? About two and a half. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that right sounds glorious. <laughs> yes, I'm not kidding you guys. This was the best game I've seen all summer. <laughs> yeah, it's not hyperbole. No, it was and incredible. It, unfortunately, we both got blocked out on the game winning play that the kid went over and threw him out for the, the second baseman made a play for the ages to get them a, get them a victory. And he was not shifted. You are right. According to the Cologne people, I went out there last night and talked to them when I was meant to be out there a half hour and we sat and I listened to Cologne stories for about an hour and a half. But uh, uh, according to them, this was Cologne's first ever state tournament victory and we witnessed it. Really? Yeah. I, let, I think Judd and I can both highly recommend visiting Delano for a baseball game in the next two weeks. Grand ballpark, oh, fantastic ballpark. Yes, comfortable too. Decent concessions, decent con- uh, concessions, and three dollar Coors Lights. Yeah, I would like to see the expansion of the beer choices just a little <laughs> bit. I'm not Coors, asking for a lot. You have Coors and Coors, Coors Light. Light. Yes, <laughs> yes. With with the old Coors can where it says the banquet beer. Yes, yeah. I never really understood what a banquet beer was, by the way. But well, yes, it was. Here's great. the deal, though. On these state tournaments. Mm-hmm. They get a lot like, uh, was it two years ago? You had Green Isle, Hamburg, and uh, Norwood had the, and if you stood on a little rise, you could see the lights from all three ballparks. Yep. But the guy out there, the beer distributor out there, is basically the guy they all hit up right for right. sponsorships. But he he was about a, you know, he had like four or five of the beers. Miller and you know he had Miller, and, so you had more choices. But I got a hunch, maybe in uh, 
in Delano, the Coors guy is the guy that they probably only have one distributor out there. He only yeah. has one beer out there, and he said, okay, I'll give you a hell of a deal. And I'll, uh, you know. By the but, way, I'm not. But you're selling too. cores and cores light. No, I'm not for complaining three too much because no. for, for three bucks, I, I told you, I had four. Yeah. And I think I paid a buck less than I do for one at Target Field. <laughs> if so you get, if you get a, I'd like to see more, but if <laughs> I'm fine with the price. Yes. Oh, the price is uh, fantastic. Although I think the first time I took you out, was it uh, two fifty? When we went out about three years ago, we went out to yes. Maple Lake. Or I think it was, yes. Yeah, I think so. The price has gone up a little bit. That day. Yeah. Still, that's not a bad price. No, no, it's not. I told you, my favorite town ball story ever is my friend Joe Driscoll, who uh, had a stroke, by the way, and is recovering. But, uh, you know, he's uh, he, he hopefully will be back because he's a great character. But he was finally retiring in his late 40s, and I went out to Lacerda. He played all over the state, but he... He was playing in his hometown at the end, and, and I went out to do a column on it. It was finally done, and that's when his brother gave me the greatest quote of all time. That because he was finally getting married to the gal he'd been dating for like twenty years, living with for twenty years, and and, and he said, the only reason she's marrying him is we charge girlfriends a buck and a half for beer and wives a buck, <laughs> <laughs> so she can save fifty cents. That was a pretty good walk-off on, oh, that's column, that's a, <laughs> yeah, right. man. on a town ball column. Oh. But, uh, anyway, state town ball, folks, if you want to have a good time, uh, it's at uh, Delano Maple Lake, and then Dassel has the uh, Class B, I think, uh, through next week. So anyway, it's fun. So did, did the one in Bloomington end this weekend? Is that yeah, how it works? Red Hat, I forgot to look and see who won. At Red Haddocks? I think Minnetonka was playing in the... Probably playing the Cobras with Cole DeVries. See, we might have the score in there. Back in my day, Patrick. We should still talk, yeah. Taking scores. It'd be in there for sure. Yeah, Yeah, right. Do we have a... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amateur Class A, right? Yeah. Championship, Minneapolis Cobras 16, Minnetonka 8. Ooh, that hasn't happened to the Minnetonka Millers too often. The Cobras win it. That was Cole DeVries' team. He Minnetonka snuck by the St. Paul Capitals, 7-6. to yeah, six. And I believe the St. Paul Capitals were upset winners last year, so uh, okay. those must be the powerhouses now. So. Planning for a secure future requires sound investment advice. That's why I rely on my guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, for guidance in planning and maintaining a long-term financial strategy. This is Ricey, and I've known Josh for many years. I trust Josh and recommend him because he listens and delivers the kind of service that you'll need to feel confident about your financial future. I encourage you to get to know him the same way I did many years ago. Call Josh Arnold at 952 952- Nine two five five six zero eight and set up your forty eight minute no obligation consultation. Call nine five two nine two five five six zero eight. You'll always get straight talk, not sugar coated advice. Call Mister Money Talk, Josh Arnold at nine five two nine two five five six zero eight. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. Anyway, that's pretty good ball, but they get done early because they want to go to the lake the last couple of weeks. Oh, is that, is that how? Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. The They've all got to take weeks. the docks out. So what did I miss last night? I, I see the headlines in this. Honest to God, this is the truth. Usually I'm BSing about this stuff. I forgot they played until I picked up the paper this morning at 730 and opened it up. And I said, 
Last night I was I watched City on a Hill as on uh, Showtime, the last of the for season one. It's great. Then I we were looking for something else to watch. It never occurred to me the Vikings were playing. You never flip past. <laughs> no, I never. I never. Uh, I never knew they were playing. So this morning, but I see by the headline the offense looked great and uh, and everything's going good except we still got a kicker problem. Uh, they played. Who kicked last night? Well, Bailey okay. or the other guy? Okay, this is very, very confusing. Bailey hit the only field goal in the first half, mm-hmm. and it, that, that was the only field goal that they attempted for the entire game. The Vedvik kid uh, kicked one extra one extra point. Bailey kicked another extra point. They actually, in Zim-style fashion, went for two at one point because okay. maybe they just don't trust anybody again. <laughs> Uh, Vedvik kicked Did off. Did anybody miss a field goal? No. And, no poor, and this poor Matt Weil, honest to God, the punter, stood there on the sideline until there were 16 seconds left in the game when they sent the poor kid in to punt. Did, so the did Vedvik kid they had no the other time. punts? So how many times they punt? Uh, Vedvik, Vedvik punted, punted, punted a few times. Four times. Well, Vedvik's going to wild or wheel or whatever his name a is. Wild's done. He can, yeah. He's, you know, why don't they let him go? Try to find I a have job. no idea. Hey, meanwhile, the Bears have decided on Eddie Panario or whatever his name is. So this is going to be—they're going to have five of them. Though. I can't wait to see between the Bears and Vikings. This kicking <laughs> thing is so fun now. Oh. So you got two coaches that hate the human who kicks for them. What's the comparable? What's the comparable that when when kicker chaos starts? What is it? I mean, that that can create. I mean, you can switch goalies because some guys not right. playing a lot. But what creates this kind of angst because everybody thinks it's so simple? You know, everybody right. thinks all you got to do is kick it through the uprights. I don't know if there's anything that creates is there, that's yeah, that simple. I mean, closers, you can move those guys around and, you know, say, okay, we're not we're, we're going to change it's closers. Not sim- it's not simple, but I think goaltenders come the closest because I think head coaches hate them. Oh yeah, I think because that's they don't true. understand them. No, that's true. They're they're odd fellows, a lot of them. Right, you know? and they play this position where you're supposed to stop the puck. And mm-hmm. coaches, un- unless they were goaltenders, have you know? Can you imagine? Tried to score. Can you imagine the original six days when a coach got mad at a goalie? There's nothing he could do about it. His only option was to take a guy out of the stands. Stand, yep. <laughs> yeah, or I hope mean, this guy got hit yeah, in the face with a puck. There was only six. <laughs> There are only six in the world. Well, that they were, played. and they were great too because lots of them were fat. <laughs> yeah. Go to Toronto, yeah. go sit in a sauna to make weight. <laughs> and Gump was a great Gump was character. A, you know, Gump was five foot eight and yeah. way overweight, and he put his face in front of a puck. Would go just but, drink beers, yeah. And they were. I know Terry Sauchak, the Detroit guy, was all the, De- the old oh. Detroit guys' father, and those guys told me he's the most miserable sob that ever lived. They hated him, mm-hmm. and he hated them because mm-hmm. uh, you know. They, and, and these guys come from you know up in the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden they have reporters asking them personal questions like, "Why did you let that goal in?" I could say, ah, you know, right? You know, who are you? Right. And even I want to go up there and shoot a bear. Leave me alone. You know, it was. Uh, <laughs> It had to be great, didn't it? Oh, it would have been, yeah. To have a, there's only six of them. Well, but that's the thing is, I don't think reporters today understand how nice most athletes are. Oh, God, yes. Like, I, I think I they think if a guy's prickly, it makes them mad. It's like, go back to, you I said can before. tell you how much better they are than in baseball than they were in the 70s and 80s. Because when the labor, I mean, there's some labor, you know, disputes now that we're not getting our 
$100 million when we're 32. But I was covering them first year 74, and that's when Marvin, and that's when it was a bloodbath, you know. And we were all perceived as being pro-management, you know. The, really? It, yes, okay. except for Marvin, except for Jerry, Jerome Holtzman and Murray Chess. You know, everybody else was, if if you just, if you included what the owners said, you were pro-management. And it was, ter- and they were terrible. I mean, the Twins were, if, if you got to know your own team, but visiting writers, it was, it was hard. And 80s too, and now they're, you know, now they now they don't care. No, you know, I mean, now that's they, exactly what they don't yeah, care. No, I mean it's uh, you know they can get offended here and there and the little things once in a while, but uh, in in baseball they're a lot easier. Football, there's no comparison. The Vikings were hostile, eighties <laughs> and nineties. I remember hostile. them in the nineties. I remember in the nineties they were. Now, here's part of it though: they're trained to come in, say nothing, yep, and leave, and everybody's there's. There's twelve, there's twelve reporters there. Four of them, the two of them are from the team, you know. Yep. Work for the team. Five of them want the team to win, and nobody's, you know, nobody. And and there's fifteen questions, and nobody's grilling anybody on anything, you know. So what, what's there to get mad about? You know, the nobody's thing, getting grilled. I found this too. If you write for a local product paper, they have no idea, for the most part, who you are or what you wrote. The, <laughs> now, now, if you go on ESPN, yes. if you go on a show and they ask you, hey, you know, Ben Gessling, what you, mm-hmm. and he says, this team is awful, they'll all be mad because they all watch that. Yeah. But, like, if you torch them in, in the Star Tribune, there's a good chance they never even know about <laughs> oh, that. it. And they all used to know. And, of course, as I used to tell you, that the... the the greatest years of my life were when I was covering baseball for the St. Paul paper and they rarely saw the pioneer press. They never saw the afternoon dispatch. I could write anything I wanted in the afternoon dispatch. And maybe a week later, you'd see some guy sit in front of his locker and giving you a dirty look. <laughs> and you'd say, Oh, some Gladys Kravitz from back in Minnesota, in St. Paul mailed this to him to show it to them. So that's the only way they ever found out if you ripped them or not. So it was uh, it was uh, pretty easy going, that's for sure. Yeah, I got in more trouble with what I wrote for Sporting News than yep. I did in the St. Paul paper, that's for sure. Yeah, but these guys, you're, you're right now, they don't care. No, no, they're easier to get along with, but you're not getting anything. Right. The, I mean, and, and don't just take that out as a sound expert, as a sound excerpt. You're not getting anything. I mean, you're not getting any quotes from them. I, I don't want anything else. I don't want well, look that. At, you know. Look at Rocco. Oh. Look at what well, I mean, <laughs> this is baseball. Yes. We, we've got, in this town, a football coach who should be in baseball and a baseball coach who should <laughs> well, be Zim in football. Would be great Zim you, would be the greatest if you manager had him of all time. 162 games, you know, what would he said about Twice Berea? a day? What would he said about Berea? I don't know what the hell's wrong with him, you know. We're going to crack his head open and get it examined. <laughs> but we've got two treasures here because we got Zim and Boods. Boods, yeah. And Boods is great. He can't help himself either. Yeah. Boods is, uh, I saw Boods being, uh, uh, he made a dropped in at Vikings practice. And I saw somebody interviewing him, you know. And Boods was trying to explain why he was there, like he was going to learn something. 
He just was bored and had nothing else to do, and he went out to ask Zim, how you doing, Zim? You know, he's probably met him at a couple of dinners or something. He's got no boss right now. No, no. Whatever he wants. <laughs> What's he going to do? He's he, the... can, he, he can only play so much golf, which he's been playing a lot of because his head is as red as that uh, thing behind you over there, which you can't see anybody. But uh, It's very red. Anyway, very red, yeah. But yeah, you're right, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, but it's uh, Randball wrote this today. I saw that in the Star Tribune about how this, how Rosa, how the the Wild and the and the uh, are going to have to. What you want to do is you want a guy to a spinologist, basically, a, you know, like Falvey and Levine, and then Rosas now, who's already won the PR thing. I got news for you, Mike. When they're eight and thirty-two. The PR thing is not going to be, and there's 7,000 people in the arena. The PR thing is going to go away. The BS is going to go away in a hurry, right? With the Gerson and the Wolves? Yeah, Gerson. I mean, how how, how long are people going to listen to that crap? Well, they're just going to ignore them. I was going to say, I think they'll I think they'll just go away and ignore yeah, them and not yeah, care again, yeah. which has become the easy thing to, uh, to do. Now, he has not won the PR battle with you, though. Gerson is no, not. I think he's, he's a hell of a nice guy, but. Right, but. but What's he done? He's made him worse. He's made him worse. He he drafted a guy who can't shoot, right? And traded up to draft a guy who can't shoot or fill a need. Yep. He's they traded up to get a guy to play a position where they now have five players and they don't have a point guard. And uh, you know, but what any Gave a four-year contract to a guy who basically went didn't went undrafted because everybody thought he's lazy. Uh, you know, if 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 his, if his predecessor had made the same moves, he'd be getting killed, right? Oh, Tibbs, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And but hey, he's personable and he's got these young kids, and they go climb up there on the, you know, at the press conference with him. But it's, and he takes no questions. And by the way, Falby and Levine are not spin master. Nobody. Have you seen anybody impressed? You can, you can be impressed with what the new Twins operation has done. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the way they've decided, the way they've stumbled on this team, however it is. But I don't see the public being dazzled by the wordsmithery of Falvey and Levine, do you? Because Falvey is a you know, nice enough guy. He doesn't say anything. If the roles were reversed, I think we we would be because yeah, but, Dad but, loves to but talk. Did you see? But yes, he, but did you see his quotes about Gratterall and the other guy? Yeah, that was that was Thad back to trying to explain why Buxton didn't get called up last year. Yeah. He had this. What language is this? What are you talking about? This is not English. I think he's trying to speak Falvey for Falvey yeah. instead of <laughs> yeah. because I think I think he would tell you. Yes. I think if he was the chief baseball officer, yeah. don't you? Yeah, I think he would. I think he would cut yeah. through the crap. Yeah. But it's clear that he gets himself. He twists himself into this. Yes, he gets and he's saying part of what well, he when thinks, he gets but ever, he, sometimes he gets perilously close to actually saying something, yes. and then he does it. Do a one eighty and go back and ah yeah. What you'd have one of your college professors at Haverford would have told you to shut up. <laughs> you know <laughs> what are you talking about? I love. I like. I mean, they're good guys, but this idea that that they're uh, that they're public 
persona has won over the public. Is what's won over the public is Nelson Cruz. Oh, yeah, know, and the rest oh, of the if boys they were, yeah. hitting home runs. Yeah, but Rocco is incredible. Oh yeah, this is the damnedest thing I've seen. His ability to say <laughs> nothing in long, in yes. you know, long form. Yes, yes. It's yeah. not like he gives short sound bites. He'll no. get rolling, and he still won't say. Anything. I told you a couple of weeks ago. I said, "Hey, can I ask you a couple of questions when we're done here?" And then I wanted to talk to him about. Hey, this is there's nobody could have anticipated this, and he he was okay talking about that, but it was, you know, the big positive angle. Yeah, if you can say, hey, if you say, hey, can I ask you a couple of questions and this is over? And he said, yes. And then you said, what the hell is wrong with Barrios? You're not going to get anything. No. You know, you're nope. not going to get any. And which is, you know, us old baseball writers are not used to that. We were used to some candor. So, yeah, well, but that's I mean, I know the public doesn't care, but it's, you know, it's I, I don't think that I think. I don't know. Is Rocco. Immensely popular with the public here. I haven't perceived that. I haven't Have either. You? I think they're kind of neutral on it, right? But they, but, but like you, you just said, the, the win. So yeah, you look at the standings. You gotta say, yeah, I, I have no problem with him, except part of my life is getting good quotes, <laughs> right? And he doesn't give me any. I think it's hard to be. I think it's hard to have a stance, good or bad, about a guy who tries to be as milk toast as he does, yes. right? Yes. Now, now I will say this: If they come back next year and aren't as good, you are going to hear the same thing about Rocco that we did about Les Frazier. Where's the fire? Where's the passion? Yeah, yeah. I guarantee you that will start. Well, I think it's there. I just don't think he lets you see it. Right, but fans want to see that. Yes. Well, if you're not doing well, now they, they love Zim. Yes, they love Zim. Who's a? Did you see it last night? Cheap shot artist. Zim, uh, you know, putting the chon. What? Zim putting the big chaw in, the cameras showed him. Oh, really? And he's got like what what looked like a, a bag of seeds, but he goes into it and takes out big dip and puts her right oh, in there. Really? Oh, it was fantastic. Okay, good. But Don't worry, kids of America, that, chewing's you know, still in vogue. I mean, somehow a football coach now he's won enough, just enough, even though last year was a complete farce. But he's a low class guy <laughs> as far as how he treats some people, right? Oh, he's incredibly tough. Yes. Yeah. I mean, what? Well, he's still taking shots at DiFilippo. Yeah, that's what I mean. A year his, later, his whole post game was taking shots at DiFilippo, right? I don't think if if the question is is he a simple guy to work for? My guess is hell no. No, but he won't give up on this. Taking you know, ah, we're running the clock, and uh, that shows you what we. It's an exhibition game. This shows you what you can do when you run the ball when you're committed to running the ball. But you know what? I'll still take it because well, what, I'm getting what answers. Does, yeah, okay. Like he gives you but, something. But I guess what I'm saying is, has anybody, he's arguing with, he's arguing the point long after the point has been argued. You know what I'm saying is nobody's, nobody's asking for nope. that. He's, he's still trying to justify firing DiFilippo when nobody's questioning his firing of DiFilippo. Pat, it's like the Norv thing. He was still bringing up the Norv thing last year, and nobody's asking <laughs> yeah, him I think I think he's a very thin-skinned guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Well, and because he remembers that stuff. And he's re- referred to, to this before. At least one of his daughters gets upset about this stuff and comes to him with it, and I think that makes it even worse mm-hmm. because then he's aware of it, and then he feels the need to address it. Who was the guy that, fun. the first year uh, Powers ripped him, right? And he was yes. outraged. I can't remember what Powers hacked him like 
you know, Powers. What was the line? Powers had a line that really ticked him off. Yeah, in a nice, in a nice, you know, in a good one-line way. But I can't remember that set him off, which surprised me because I, I thought he was a guy who wouldn't pay any attention. Yeah, you know, uh, but uh, I don't know. So I see that uh, Mike Bayock, they finally had to call out Antonio, huh? Yeah, well, and the PR department actually put stream or put that that out, which is really rare. Okay. So, yes, they finally had to call him up. But does this surprise no, so he you he wouldn't all? play? No. He wouldn't play yesterday because they, they told him that. Well, first of all, <laughs> the NFL, there's no chance the NFL was going to let him win on the helmet. Correct. Even if he go, went and found an found one that supposedly was, you know, because I don't think that was ever the issue, right? The 10-year thing. It was not, you know, if you don't have, you know, I, I I don't even know what the issue was on the helmet, but there's no way the NFL, the pompous asses that they are, were going to let him win. Right. He could have found one of these. By the way, my 100 and my uh, 100, my 50-pound grandson. Yep is uh, 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 trying to play football of some variety out in the Woodbury. Oh, he's being allowed to, huh? And he's got a helmet that weighs more than him, and it's a shoot. It's a, it's a, it's one of Antonio's helmets. So they're, what, at least 10 years old? Well, it, but they, they're still making helmets. They just stopped making that model. Oh, okay. So there are, there's okay. like a Those variety. Of, okay. They discontinued right. that, and then but, he went and found that, one. But is that one is, but that, is that, so that brand is okay? It's the brand just, is fine. Okay. It's I, the, I it's the model which they discontinued. But yeah, they were never going to let him. And, and what's great is they ruled immediately, sorry, the new one you found's not up to snuff either. Yeah. So well, that's why he's now yeah. gone back. He's but he's he's nuts. Well, he, the whole thing's I mean, the league is pompous. He's, he's nuts. He's one of these practice guys. So I don't, you know, what's he want to play exhibitions for? He'll be there when they start the season, you know. But I'm glad that cuz I I never could stand my my uh, Mayock because his uh, you know, he had to analyze every, you know, moment of every game and uh you know who wouldn't like him? Mayock on, on games. The guy we sat next to in Delaware. Oh. <laughs> you know what? We should, we we should sat make next to, we Dan sat, Gladden must be Red Barber yeah. because Gladdy's the only guy this guy liked. Uh, it was anyway, Mayock, I, I never could stand him. So uh, I'm glad to see he's got him disturbed out there, sh- shaken up. Uh, but it's here's, here's the trouble with him and Le'Veon Bell and all these guys. They don't realize that, you know, if they don't show up, even Elliot, you know, they're going to, they don't have to pay you. You know, they don't, even if they, even if you win and they pay you, they're not going to pay you. You know, you're still going to get burned out and they're not going to pay you and they're only going to guarantee a certain amount of it. It's, they always win, you know, the the owners. Oh, in that league. And they they always will because I don't think those guys will ever go on strike. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Jonathan, we're sitting next to I can't remember what his first name was. I met him before. I met him a couple of years ago. Crusty old guy from he was from Delano, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's sitting there next to his next to his bride who's going straight to heaven. I <laughs> how would you like to be trying to cook dinner for him at night and and, and satisfy him? So he's he's saying, hey. 
when you see that Morneau, tell him to go home and babysit that kid of his. <laughs> stop. You know, he's telling Morneau to go home and take care of that kid of his and stop what being God, on there. What got this guy so irritated? He analyzes. He won't shut up. He talks too much. And there are times I'd agree with him. I don't. And then I said, well, then who else did he? Uh, T. TK, Tom Kelly. Yeah, he ripped TK, like, who hasn't which you told him to be careful because TK's your guy. Yeah, he hasn't been on for three, four years, you know. Three and then years. he didn't like Smalley. Smalley. And then, then we both said, well, you must like Smalley's. And now he talks too much, too. And then he brought up Glylevin, <laughs> to which this guy said, well, he's about set to hang it up. <laughs> yeah. And then we finally got to Gladdy, yeah. and he's like, oh, he's okay. <laughs> he's okay. He's all right. It was great, the Morno. But Morno is really... Uh, the burr under his saddle was Bordeaux because he told me five, four or five yep. different times. Tell that Morneau to, you know, go home and. He did work. say that. Go yeah. home and babysit the kids. <laughs> we don't need them. Unbelievable. It was. Uh, yeah, that's that's the great part of it. It is incredible. Like I was in Cologne last night and we were in Delano. The low key life. They, I know, you know, we live in the city. We can. You know, go to the grocery store at two in the morning. We can we can do things, but the low key, low pressure lives they live out there in the boonies is unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, oh yeah, it's, but it's great. Up, you know, yeah, they got a, everybody waves at everybody, and it's fantastic. And they it, they left the game that that we were at in what like they the were sixth. Driving, they were to go to, to Maple Lake to see another game. Yeah, they were just driving around. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, and Cologne's like smaller. It's fifteen hundred people, but it's got three bars and a couple of restaurants, and the freeway's right there. And I mean, the highway is right there, and, and it's just like if you if you didn't need action in your life, I've always said this, and, and I remember, you know, people buy, you know, people want to downsize when they get older, mm-hmm. and uh, their houses, and they sell them, and then they you know, move downtown or something and get another mortgage again. They could move out a hundred miles out of town, get three times as much house for one third as much money. And, but you gotta be retired then. Right. And you gotta not get as long as you, but you got TV now, you got Netflix and Amazon. What the hell else? You where did, what difference does it make where you live? Small towns are great too. Cause you, you got a bar. Right, right in the corner, and you can walk there. You never, forget, you never get in your car again. I might start drinking again if I moved downtown. I could just stumble home. Yeah, you get your five gin and tonics. Go right home. Walk right home. No problem. It's a thought. Maybe that'll happen here. I don't know. I wouldn't bet on it. The only guy who, after what thirty-five years of sobriety, decides to give it up because he's retired. Lives in a small town. Hey, Jonathan. I got to admit, I turned on your soccer game Saturday night. Oh, wow, that game. At the end, the 1-1 tie. Yep. And that crowd, that was rowdy when they it was when they the were loudest. trying to decide whether they were going to did there was a review, right? Yep, there was a review the on whether goal. it was a handball. Yeah. Yeah. And that I mean it was you could perce- I mean they were jumping and going nuts. It was We the, thought there was going to be a penalty. Vito had Vito Manone, the Minnesota United goalkeeper had his back to the Wonderwall, the standing section behind the goal, that place was shaking. It was one of the loudest places, one of the loudest times. Did uh, we get away with one or not? Yeah, we got away with one. Did we? Yeah. Okay. Home game? Home game. Didn't yeah. we just win one on a very uh, controversial uh, handball call against the opposition about two weeks ago? 
Didn't we give them a penalty? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Against yeah. Portland, so, yeah. So, the ref, so are they loons, the first ever team in this town to have the refs on their side? <laughs> it might be. When's the last Sid time? would be very disappointed. <laughs> yeah. What would the lead of the soccer column yes, be? Yes, right. It's not we got screwed. No, no. Oh, I've got your unchained. Yeah. From your tweet I saw. How much more willing would you be to give soccer a chance if we flipped oh, the yeah. team? It's, okay. Yeah. It's what's wrong? This is the United States of America. We fought the Brits in seventeen seventy six and one reason was one reason was so we could put the home team on the right side of the scoreboard and the road team on the left side of the scoreboard. That's one reason we shot the Redcoats. That we stormed Bunker Hill. The home team goes on the right, the visitors go on the left. And why just, you know, I don't hate the fact that they do it in Europe. And I don't, they can even do it in the soccer arena, right? If they want to, in the in the ballpark, if that's the way they want to be commies and do that. But what I can't stand is they do it on ESPN to just be perfectly soccery. They do it on ESPN even though everybody else is on the right. Every other sport is on the right. But now we dummies out here on the prairie are supposed to know that suddenly the home team's on the left. It's a communist plot. I hate it. Get them back over there on the right, at least on the crawl where they belong, right? So when that war began... Or conflict be- began. Do you suppose one of the stated goals was USOBs? We're going to have our our <laughs> That's home right. teams. That's right. I can I can envision TV. We said at Bunker Hill, and we want to have the, our own rules where we put the scores up there. Right. And they said you can't yeah, do it. Right. Yeah. If this was soccer, what would it say? They'd have US one. Britain, zero on the left. We're supposed to be over here on the right side. We're not supposed to be in. U.S. won, Britain, nothing. And, by the way, we saved their ass twice, too, right? right. You know? Yeah, where's the thing? We should still be able to get. We, we, we saved them twice in two world wars, and they still want to put the home team on the left. I hate this. And let's change. When I'm president, we're going to change that. When's that? That can be Trump's going to buy Greenland, and I'm going to change the flag. We got we got to take care of the important issues here. How much is Greenland going to cost us once we pry it away? Well, the guy, you know, the guy, the the whoever he is over there that runs it said it's not for sale, so he's trying to drive the price up. Obviously, right? No, I'm not. You know what selling. this is? This is cheap Trump. You got the cheap poll <laughs> ads. You got, got cheap, as you said, cheap. Pay the man. Pay, pay the man for Greenland. Come on, Greenland's on waivers, and we want them. <laughs> That's right. All right, we'll try it again someday. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 